0: This week on PDCast, I'm here with Denise Tritton from Lomarena. This is your first time on the podcast, but apparently you've been listening to all of them. So welcome.
1: Thank you very much. I have listened to them, almost all of them. They're very good. Thanks.
0: We appreciate that. Yeah. We appreciate all our other 12 listeners as well, too. So, <laughs> um, The reason that I wanted to talk with Denise here is because... You're doing a, a, a very, I think, unique and intriguing math curriculum that we really want to talk about and get some ideas for what other teachers could possibly do in this direction. So um, first of all, would you tell us kind of your history and uh, your experience with Saddleback and teaching? Okay.
1: Um, I have, I've been at Little Marina actually for my entire career, including my student teaching. So I did my second, um, placement here and got a job. So I was very excited. That was back in 1989. So I've been in the district for a while. I have, um, three children that I'll talk about later. And so with those came some time off. So I really don't know how many actual full years I have, but I have been here in the teaching field for a while.
0: And that long in, in the same district is impressive. So,
1: yeah. And the same I, school,
0: even. So. I,
1: yeah, I commit.
0: So you've...
1: I fully commit. <laughs> you're
0: you're a, what they call a plank holder. That's right. So you've been doing, and you've actually presented for us mm-hmm. uh, for our Saturday Summits, you've been doing something that you're calling the self-paced, flipped classroom. Mm-hmm. So first of all, what what is flipped classroom. What is that all about? And and what made you think that that is a good thing to do?
1: Well, I have, you know, I have the advanced math class. And one of the struggles that I was facing is that when I was doing, say, class notes with the kids, some kids were staying right with me uh, with taking notes. And other kids was like, wait, wait, slow down. Oh, wait, you're going too fast. Um, And I found that they needed more time. I started to hear about six years ago about this idea of flipping your instruction. um, And that would be putting the the learning time at home. So creating videos that have the learning in them. They take the notes at home. They can rewatch the videos. They can rewind whatever they need to do. And then in the classroom, they would do the actual practice when I'm there. I had a lot of parents tell me, I don't know how to help my student, my child, with this math, if that's what you're calling it, you know, <laughs> this kind of idea that somehow math is now this crazy world. So I found that I needed, I needed more time with my students and creating the videos allowed me to have extra class time because I was taking out that 30 minutes or so of, of taking notes.
0: I, I came upon the flipped classroom from secondary science because the, the, the two who wrote the book on the flipped classroom were, were high school chemistry teachers. Mm. And their whole, um, their whole thing was, what's the best use of the limited amount of time I have with in front of kids? Is it me standing and giving them information? Or is it me actually sitting with them and doing higher order problem solving and, and those kind of things? And so that's what you're describing as well, is you're taking that 30 minutes away and now you've got more time.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, was, it was amazing. I also had this problem with, with pacing. I found that I was still creating this, or doing my pacing at the speed of the slower student and my more advanced students were being held back. And that really started to bother me when my own children were in my class. And the complaining that they would do about how slow math was going for them, because they could get it really quickly. And that sent me on another journey of looking at, well, how do I do this differently then? How do I meet the needs of such a wide variety of students, even in an advanced math class? How do I meet more of their needs? So I was on this podcast kick uh, one summer and a cult of pedagogy, um, Jen Gonzalez, was the person I was listening to. And she had a gal on there that was talking about this idea of self-paced. And I listened to that podcast a couple of times and really tried to digest what she was saying. And it clicked. Yeah, not all kids need as much practice. Not all kids need it explained so many times. Hmm, this is interesting. So I am a jump into something person. I learn about something new and I want to jump in and try it because then I'll remember to do it or how I did it and learn. I will learn so much from that. So one day it was, I we were in chapter three or four, module three or four of the book and some kids uh, very advanced math students are like, can we just stay in on Friday and take the quiz? And I'm thinking, well, sure, why not? Oh Wait, what are they going to do on Monday? What am I going to do with them on Monday? How am I going to handle that? Well, luckily I had the weekend to try to figure it out. So I cobbled something together and we were self-paced from then on. It just grew. It was, a, it was the most amazing thing to watch.
0: So what do you do differently now than you did before? To describe kind of, if I was a student in your class, what would, it, what would it be like?
1: I think one of the biggest differences is that you're in charge of your learning. And so you are deciding the pace at which you want to go through. With my guidance, there, there are certain deadlines. They have to meet certain deadlines. But if you are with a group and you want to move forward, you can. Everything that you need is in your hands. My videos are all online on Google Classroom, organized by module. Um, I have a special drawer in my classroom that has all of the portfolio sheets, and the portfolio sheet is kind of your, what guides you, I suppose, um, and tells you what you need to accomplish. So they have that in their hands. All the quizzes are in a drawer. When they're on a quiz, there's a certain protocol that they have to follow, which I've taught them, so that I know they're on the qu- On a quiz. Everybody in the class knows that they're on a quiz. Um, I, I think it's mainly just you're in charge of your learning. You're in charge of you. Which, what preteen doesn't want that? So I guess that's really... Really, the big thing. Everybody is in learning groups. So, if you and I were on a team together, we would decide together. Okay, what are we going to do for homework tonight? How? What are we going to accomplish today? If I have a question, I'm going to ask you first. Then I'm going to ask the teacher or somebody else at my table. Um, So that I guess I'm not. I'm so rarely in front of the classroom. I am just moving around, pulling groups, talking to kids, answering questions. So I'm really in that coaching role that I think is just so effective for this age group in particular.
0: So how how do you get students used to this at the beginning of the year? Because if they've come in and they've never had anything like this before, Mm -hmm. I can imagine that Some students are going to be very good at gauging their own, at at being in control of their own learning, and others are going to struggle. Mm -hmm. How do you you get them started off well at the beginning of the year?
1: We have, um, at the beginning of the school year, first of all, the first module, I do completely with them. So very old school for me. I will put the notes up. We write them together. I check their notes, make sure they've written them neatly, that type of thing. The second module, I put the notes on Google Classroom. We listen to the notes in class. Everybody's listening to them at the same time. I am walking around. I'm making sure they're being neat in their work. They've written it all down. The third module, is when they now are taking these notes at home, we're doing classwork together in the classroom, etc. It's somewhere in the third or fourth module where I start to have kids that they get all the answers on the quiz correct. They're ready to move on. Then I have a group, usually less than 20%, that need a little bit more. And so I pull them and meet with them. But the students that got it all, now they're able to move on and go to the next, whatever the next lesson is. The vi- My lesson is videotaped and available for them. Their portfolio sheets, sheets are all done for them. So they know what to do. We've done three modules together. So that's kind of how it works.
0: So you, you work them in gradually at the beginning of the year, which is...
1: Which is nice. 100%. Yeah. And, and every math class begins with a class meeting. So every math class, I am giving them feedback on, okay, this is who needs to do which lessons. These are the folks that are meeting with me. Um, last year was the first year that I did self-paced. And I had about three or four uh, folks that this was not working for them. So they just met with me every day. This year, I have about 12. So it's really almost, you know, like a split classroom. Um, So they're working with me every day.
0: But at least you're able to have the time to work with those 12. Yes. You're You're not trying to do whole group activities all the time.
1: Yes. And I am always encouraging them to break away from me. It's okay for you to go ahead. It's okay for you to stay after. It's okay to do homework. You may do that; that is your choice. Or you may make, work with me every day. And I have—I have a couple that are just—they know they could; they just aren't confident yet to do that.
0: Okay. You mentioned your your videos. Can we? Can you talk about the process that you use to to make the videos? How how many? How long? Mm-hmm. Um, how long did it take you to? build up an entire library what was
1: what's that all about um the i went to q thank you SVUSD. went to q one year and i listened to some folks talking about this idea of a flipped classroom and they were using some software or an app really called explain everything edu it's about 14 bucks and because i knew i was jumping into this that's what I do. I I jumped into buying it. So I bought it. I had it on my my iPad. And that's really where I I began creating the videos. And I began the first year with the flipped classroom, like mid-year. So I didn't make that many that first year. The first videos took me hours because I worried about every single little um, every single misspoken word, it was perfectionism, you know. And I finally worked past that because I don't have an hour or two hours to do one lesson. So with Explain Everything, it essentially is um, a like slides that you can sequence. So I would type everything up I would practice what I was going to say, and then I would tape. I can retape a slide or a section. Um, they they have gotten pretty good at giving some editing tools. Now I can make a video in with the taping, maybe in thirty minutes if I need to. Um, so, but I have all of tape them taped now. Last year, I went back and I retaped every single one because I had listened to so many podcasts and I wanted to be more intentional with what I was saying to begin each podcast or with each lesson and what I wanted to say at the end of each lesson. I wanted to be more engaging with my voice and do more drawing. Of course, I had to insert more pictures of my dog, Tashi, because... Tashi is famous in this classroom. So I just tried to make them a little bit more engaging.
0: We'll try to get pictures of the dog for the show notes.
1: I have one. I might have 900.
0: (laughs) So what, you've talked a little bit about the, the kids' response during the year. What about at the end of the year? Have you seen in the couple of years that you've done this, have you seen a greater have you seen greater achievement on the part of the kids? What, what results have you seen from this?
1: I think the number one result that I have seen is a, such a strong motivation, a motivation to learn math. When it's time for math, my students are running to the classroom. They will spontaneously say things like, oh, yes, it's math. That never happened before. Like, what is this? I I get a lot of positive feedback from students. I have given them uh, questionnaires and asked them about it, and it's been very positive. That list right there up on my board, I have a list of the people that finished the math book last year. And that is the first time in my entire almost 20 years at sixth grade that we have, quote unquote, finished the math book. Wow. So to have had eight to 10 kids do that, wow, it's weird. Our test scores went up. It's weird. They actually got to geometry at the end of the book. So yes, I think that there have been some good academic gains. But to me, more important to that, there is this desire to learn There is this motivation that they never had before. They're making decisions. They own it. And it is amazing. They are communicating more about math. They have, for example, if they get less than 80% on any assignment, they have to meet with me. They have to complete a redo and they have that process down Whether it's a daily work assignment, a quiz, or a test, if they get less than 80, they're meeting with me and they have to communicate with me what happened. And when I meet with them, I'm saying things like, what is the pattern in your mistakes? What did you do um, that you don't want to repeat? What did you forget to do? And often it is, I didn't look at my notes, I rushed, I didn't read the whole question, Okay. Well, that you you are in control of that. You can make a change. But then they also have to explain to me what specifically they did incorrectly. I need to remember, you know, to flip the numbers over in a fraction when I'm dividing. And, you know, I need to remember those little steps.
0: So if I were a teacher who mm-hmm. wanted to start this,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and maybe I'm not the jump in with both feet kind <laughs> like you are. What would be a simple step that I could do to to kind of move in this direction? How would I start?
1: I think moving to just even flipping your classroom is, is huge. I did that for six years before I tried anything like um, letting them just learn on their own. I think that I have um, uh, a friend who is doing this kind of self-paced more within a module. So you may work through the module at your own speed, but you may not go to the next module. You're going to work on a, a project um, when you do that. So I think that just taking a look at how is time being used in your classroom? Where could you gain more time? And I would also invite you to come and see my class. Come in and see what they're doing. Talk to the kids. Ask them questions. They will give you testimonials that you will not believe are coming from an 11, 12-year-old. So come on down. Check it out. It's it's fun to watch.
0: That sounds like a great invitation. So <laughs> please is. take her up on it. <laughs> Thank you for spending some time with us and telling us about your math.
1: You're welcome. It's been fun. Yay. <laughs>
0: going to have to edit anything
1: in that. Oh, I don't know. There like 9,000 ums. That's well... When we know who's going to be upset would, about that. You know.